All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea. With host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, how are we doing on this Wednesday? Presented by Botano, it's the Wednesday edition of Lease Morning Tick. Uh, Nick Alberga joined alongside guest co-host Carter Hutton as we get set for the Global Series games. I believe they begin tomorrow, Hutsey. Yeah, Sweden, baby. I love it. Let's go. It's, it's always fun getting over there. And uh, like we chatted about, I got to go and it's cool. And it's nice for these guys, right? You kind of break the season up almost, get a little break and then get it going. How much did it, you know, it's, I'm glad you brought that up and we're going to talk about that at nauseum through this, uh, you know, the next 45 minutes or so, but like how much did it mess with you like time clock or body clock, I should say wise, uh, you know, doing that trip? You know, I, I thought the way there wasn't too bad. It was like the way home. I was like, it was tricky, but they had it dialed in. We had a guy on staff that was kind of studying it and knew it and knew everything about it. They had us taking certain supplements at certain times, wearing glasses at certain times and going to sleep, trying to get our, our circadian rhythms set up. I think that's right. Oh my, oh my goodness. What a so what's the story on this? These are some like blue blocking glasses we had to wear like hours before our flight, as soon as we woke up, because it was going to help our circadian rhythm. I don't know what the pick yeah. is like, cause I look absolutely stunning. <laughs> 
Did it uh, crickets? Did it work or didn't you guys get dicked around by Tampa in those two games? Oh yeah, we got work, but yeah, it was it was a fun trip though. That's for sure. Tampa was actually, I think Tampa was. I don't know the numbers on it, but Tampa was struggling at that point up until then, and they just handed it to us actually a couple games. And I always remember this thinking of like John Cooper being like a players coach, and uh, so Shattenkirk, Kevin Shattenkirk was playing on the team at the time, and uh, we all went out right because we had about a week before we played or whatever it was. Yeah. Five days. So you know we we gave her pretty good the first couple nights and. Uh, I remember we were out with Tampa, a bunch of guys. And at that point, I knew Patty Maroon really well in Shaddy. And uh, Jimmy Vesey ended up cutting his hand in the bar on a beer or something. He, so we got in a bunch of shit the next day. And I remember talking to Shaddy. And uh, when Cooper found out, we all went out. Our coach was mad. Our GM was mad. Everyone was mad, right? And then John Cooper found out. And he just said, who was out the latest? And Shaddy's like, well, our team was out the latest. And all John Cooper said was like, right on. Like he was like pumped that his team went out. And I just like, from the perspective of the outsider, I was like, that's a coach, right? He like, he gets it. It's like, that's a good time for the boys to be boys, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it brings me back to the memories of like old school puck where you guys would go through war and back in the day for a lack of a better term. Then you go out together, you'd have a beer together, right? It's a lot different in this league. It's tummy sticks. It's Instagram. It's like, we're buddies. We're not fighting. Like it's, Again, it's a bit of a different feel, but I think people are naive. They don't think players are buddies and they go out behind the scenes. And even when teams play each other, they go out for dinner the night before. I think that's really cool. And I think it just speaks volumes to John Cooper. And of course, everybody wants to build that narrative in Toronto, how this could be big for bonding time. And it could be the beginning of a a long journey towards winning a Stanley Cup and trying to draw parallels anywhere we can. So we look at Tampa a couple of years back in Sweden. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, for them, maybe that was what they needed, right? Um, and I, you know, what I think about is, I think about a guy like Sammy right now, right? He's going to get a chance to go over there and you you get a little break in the action, right? A little chance to catch your breath before you get going and just get away from home sometimes is nice for these guys, right? You kind of uh, can find yourself too, because once training camp comes, the season just starts rolling and there's no breaks. So this is like a little bit of a refresher for him, for sure. Were there any guys who like peeled away on a PJ? Like I know you're in, in, in Europe. I've been to Scandinavia. So you're sort of away from most of the action in like central Europe. But like, do you know of any guys who peeled away for a night because they use their money and they're like, you know what, we're, we're in Europe. We're going to make the best of this. Not that I know of, not with, uh, you know, a few guys went home. Like I played with uh, Victor Olofsson lives close by Allmark. I think they went home a few hour drive, uh, but all the Swedes had like, millions of fans and, and people there. Uh, I don't know anyone taking off. We had a lot of fun though. I remember a few nights out, it was like, you know, it's a different world, right? It's uh very unique and, and man, like everybody's good looking, like every girl, every guy, like for that sake and matter, like, it's just like a, everybody's well kept. It's just like a beautiful city, beautiful people. It's, it was really cool experience for sure. Uh, but you're, we're right in the heart of Stockholm, right? So I don't think you get that whole, it's definitely modernized and it's a big city. Yeah. So you're not getting that like small town Swedish feel, but it was uh, it was a great experience all around. Yeah. And and for for those who have been new to this podcast, like I have brought up in the past how I frequented Europe quite a bit. In fact, I've been to 29 countries uh, over 34 years on this earth. And I've been back to Sweden multiple times for a reason. Um, Scandinavia is unbelievable in general. But I I thought one of the fascinating things about Sweden was the fact and I was there. I was there in the summer. The fact that they have like light in the summer, like. I think it was like 20 hours of the day, but it's the opposite in the winter. What was that experience like in the winter? And you mentioned those glasses. Maybe that's why that, that was the case because it's dark. It's so dark in the winter, right? It was tough. I definitely remember that because I remember the first day we got there, we landed. So we we flew all night. We had uh, like sleeper beds on the plane. It was a pretty cool experience. Even the plane alone, the whole plane was sleeper beds. And we get 
there. And as soon as we get there, like you're still kind of tired and they made us go to the rink and it was about 11 or 12 during the day. We got to the rink and I remember getting out of the rink. It was like two 33 and it was already like getting dark. So at that point we go back and it's like dark till the next morning. So it's definitely like an adjustment um, in that sense. And I couldn't imagine what the summer's like. Uh, like I know in Canada where I am, Thunder Bay, we get a long summer as well, but not to that extent. That is a, an extreme um, a case for sure. Dude, I remember we stayed in a, a hostel in Stockholm. And I don't know if you ever frequented a hostel. Probably not because you're a millionaire. But like <laughs> we stayed in a hostel and it was a 24-person room. Like, I wanted to experience it. But then we showed up, and there was just four people in the 24-person room. But what I'm getting at is the story was, it was like a high-beam light. And even at, like, 4 a.m., we got home from the bar, and this light's just blaring on you. It's the sun, because the sun had already risen around, like, 3 o'clock when you're walking home from the bar. So it was a nightmare trying to sleep. That's all I remember about it. I bet. That's got to be, a, you know, a huge adjustment. Um I think I've never stayed in a hostel too. Cause you ever watch that scary movie movie hostel? That one turned me off big time. Yeah. And you still stay in them. So that's wild by you, but I respect it. Dude, um, the shit you see in hostels. Oh, again, I I've traveled, imagine. I've traveled quite a bit. The shit you see in hostels, the people you meet in hostels, the experiences you have in hostels. There's a reason why there's a lot of hair on my chest. We'll keep it at that. Yeah, at the yeah, Leafs yeah, Nation yeah, yeah. 401, <laughs> where you can subscribe on YouTube at the Leafs Nation 401. Once again, if you're watching right now on YouTube, and are uh, new to the channel, hit us with the subscribe button, like uh, as well, at the Least Nation 401. And uh, you can search Least Morning Take wherever you find your podcast. We'll pop up. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25, uppercase. 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change and terms apply. Willie Nylander's a rock star to begin with, considering the season and the start he's off to. But it's like even bigger in Sweden right now. And I think it's great for the likes of Matthews, Tavares, Marner. They can take a back seat right now. Yeah, it's nice. Obviously, Willie's going to be styling over there, right? Even his get-ups, right? I, I saw a clip the other day of him like talking about his outfits. They're going through a bunch that he's worn and this old suit. That one doesn't fit anymore. And I'm like dying laughing because like when I played, I had like my five suits that I was like, stuck with i didn't care yeah. I was. and even as this new generation comes in the style is so important right like willie obviously that's who he is too like he identifies to it i remember in arizona they got rid of wearing suits to games and they I, they called them fashion days so fashion days where you could wear whatever you wanted like clayton keller loved it chicken loved it so they had fancy like christian dior shoes and i was wearing like i had sneakers nothing crazy so i remember being I thought that was worse than wearing a suit. Cause at least if I had my suit, I had my go-tos. It was simple. I didn't have to think. And now all of a sudden it's fashion day. And I'm like, what the hell do I wear? Like, so I, these kids, they love it, right? Fashion's a big part of it. It's cool. I, I like the way the game's trending, getting out of that, you know, like you have to wear a suit. You have to be inside a box, right? We want more personality. We want more character. We want better interviews. We want just not pucks in deep, pucks on net. Like, let's give us something. And I think these guys are really, really giving it to us. Did you see what Nylander was asked yesterday? And, and funny enough, it was by a Swedish reporter. He he got asked if he had brought the team to Ikea. Ikea, like that. That's so weird to me. Like I, I, you know, personally, I have been to an Ikea in Stockholm. I could tell you it's it's no different than the ones you'd find in North America. Like maybe the Swedish meatballs taste a bit better there, which I, I found they did. But I just thought it was a weird question. It's like it's like coming to Canada and saying, hey, like, do, do you want to go to Tim Hortons or something like that? I don't want to mention a sponsor because they don't sponsor us. But like, Something equivalent to that, and maybe not even to that extent, because the guy, like, what are they going to do? Like, buy a, 
you know, I don't even know. Buy it. I don't know what you would buy at Ikea and bring it back home that you can't buy here, right? Yeah, I agree. It's just a dumb question, right? I love, like, even we talked about that. Like, I feel like some guys are giving it back now to media. You see Dry Settle and Edmonton. You think? These guys, like, if your job is to, like, ask me a question that has some sort of purpose, like, just that's so dumb. Like, why would, yeah, I'm going to bring them over to Sweden. We're in Sweden in Stockholm. Playing. First I'm gonna stop, bring, Ikea. Yeah, we're going to go to Ikea. Like, these guys shop at Ikea to begin with, right? Like, I just, like, come on, man. Like, that's nothing against Ikea and, like, Sweden, but, like, there's a lot cooler things for these guys to be doing. They're all youngsters. They're all like, especially guys like, I don't know. I think that's just bad media, bad question. You get this guy's time. It's valuable. And that's the question you ask. Like, what a waste. Can you picture uh, Willie Nylander pedaling over to Austin Matthews? Uh, hey, Austin, um, <laughs> do, do you think so? We we just got here on the on the bird um, instead of like maybe hitting the town practicing. Do, 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 you, do you think we should bring the the whole team to Ikea and Matthews would be like, who the fuck are you? Get out of my face. Like, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I just. Sometimes I wonder, and again, I have been early on in my career where I've asked dumb questions, but the line of questioning sometimes in scrums, specifically in hotbed markets like Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, just leads me to believe they're letting Joe Schmo off the street do interviews. Like that's that's yeah. my final conclusion, I think. I agree. I remember sometimes getting interviewed. I remember one guy in St. Louis, I I, I don't remember his name probably because but I remember asking like the dumbest questions. Like you'd be you just win a game. I remember one time I gave up a goal in the third um to tie it like a shitty one, right? It was tied three three. Then we end up getting a goal. Berglund scored late to win the game. And I remember after the game, the guy being like, Were you happy when your team scored the goal to win the game? No. Like, no. what the, f- like, get out of here, man. You've been sitting all game, watching the game, come down, and that's what you got for me. Like, yeah, of course yeah. I was happy we won, like, you moron. Oh, Dude, I remember the Memorial Cup, this has to be over a decade ago, is when Jonathan Huberto and the Sea Dogs won, but I was covering it. And there was a, a media member who, who was notorious in that tournament post-game, instead of asking about the game, they would ask, like, something ridiculous about the player's life. Like, it had nothing to do with the game. Like, there's a time and place. Like, you play in the league. There's a time and place to ask those fluff questions. Probably an off day after practice where everybody's chilling. It's just really, really unique, the line of questioning sometimes. And, you know, weirdly enough, I've taken pride in my career when I've had some big-time interviews and big-time guests. Like, I... I'm not afraid to ask those hard hitting questions. And granted, I've asked some fluff questions in my life, my career. I mean, we're all guilty of it as media members, but I actually like going above and beyond and asking the questions you would, you normally wouldn't get a chance to ask, right? The big ones. Yeah. And that's part of what being a professional athlete is like, you're going to yeah. be in situations where people say bad stuff. Like it happens, right? That's just part of what we do. And, and I feel like as an athlete, you'd rather, approach those questions than waste my time especially like a time and a place is a great point yeah. like if we just finished a practice and it's just some some bs question right we'll go through it but if it's like we just finished an emotional game and you're coming at me with something ridiculous like come on man like have a feel for the room right like and i yeah i think that's something that's really important and as an athlete those are the questions we have to get even though like i think of some of the times where i've had like tough questions or like someone's screwed me over and the wrote bad about me mm-hmm. whatever and it, like I'm whether it was war- whether it was warranted or unwarranted that's like the cross i bear my mom might not like it still she's she's got a few reporters that she still hates to this day but i'm like i'm getting paid accordingly this is the cross i bear i chose to do this right that's even sometimes we talk to kids man hockey's tough being a goalie's tougher figure it out deal with it 
Back to the conversation of social media as well, but I just had to get that off my uh, hairy chest that I brought up in the opening segment of that the show. Hairy chest, very, still hairy, still hairy, and I told you why I have hair on that chest. All the hostile stories I have in my uh, career traveling the globe. But Nylander, man, like to me, this is a great story. A, he's home, he's happy to be with family. I don't know if you saw, but his grandmother is going to watch him play live in the NHL for the very first time. He's profiling. They had the uh, Borea premiere yesterday. This guy's on top of the world. And oh, yeah, he's going to get a monster fucking contract. And dude, he's worth every penny. Like people on a daily basis are freaking out. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? I can't stand the people, by the way, that are are trying to shit on Brad Tree Living, saying they should have signed this guy in the summer. Like hindsight's 2020. It's impossible to know that Nylander is going to break out and become an absolute superstar and a top five player in this league, which he has been through the first 15 games of the season. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. And I'm the type of person that believes that, you know, destiny is destiny. If Nylander is going to be a leaf for life, he's going to be a leaf for life. If not, it is what it is. I'm sorry to say. No, I agree. I, I You can't you can't look back on it and be like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Um, I also am a fan of these guys' confidence, right? Like they bet on themselves, right? Like, yeah. they, they love it. Like for me, I remember getting contracts. I was like, hey, give me as much term as I can get because I just want the money lump sum spread out however you want to figure it out i don't want one year deal so my whole career i was like trying to fight to get in there so my first chance at like knocking a two-year deal out i took it then when i got a chance Mm -hmm. to get a three-year deal and get paid i was like the every team that was talking to me i was like give me as many years as you can because that lump sum i'm going to get where these guys are like austin matthews they don't give a shit about injury they're like give me the minimum i can max out and then i'll just get another big deal where i'm like i if i'm with a team and i'm a stud i'm taking eight years because i'm a absolute wimp but these guys they bet on themselves and it's they're confident right like and i love it it's like an arrogance but it's it's controlled and they back it up every single night on the rink it's the lebron effect too right i think for many years lebron has taken one-year deals or he did back in the day and now he's settled in los angeles but like i think they're smarter financially like players are far or farter they're smarter financially these days in terms of like what they want to do where the market's going the pandemic happened how much money can I max out, right? And I think you're seeing that from the Nylander camp, and understandably so. He saw where the market was headed, and and now he's he's probably made an extra two, three mil here in the first 15 games, I think. Oh, yeah, he's electric. Every time he has a puck on his stick, you're like waiting for something to happen, right? He's one of those players now. It's It gives you that vibe of like how good they are. It's, it's just literally you get on the edge of their seat when they touch the puck, whether it's in the defensive zone, the neutral zone or the offensive zone, because these guys are so talented and it's fun. And that's the way the game is now, right? Those are the players we want to market. We want to build because that's what puts fans in the stands. And that's for that, the non-traditional market where in Toronto, there's obviously a ton of scrutiny, everything he does. If he was playing somewhere that these are people that are going to get you in the game, get you in your seat because it's exciting because it's amazing to watch how talented they are. I'm just curious what that final number will look for Nylander. And I just don't think we'll find out anytime soon. I think this is going to play out throughout the season. We're going to have the core talk around the trade deadline. What do they do with this guy? They let him play out his contract. And that's just the way this soap opera is going to go. But again, full credit to the guy. He, I think this is great for, for Matthews and Tavares and Marner and the big boys to just chill out. Let Willie grab the spotlight. And maybe it's a preview of Willie's career. If they, if he decides to go somewhere else, are you... Are you ready to be the guy day in and day out, man? Like, I think it's not often talked about enough how fortunate these players are sometimes to play in this market when you have Matthews, you have Tavares, you have Marner, Nylander. Like, they spread the wealth, right? And I think specifically when you have Austin Matthews and his importance to the game, him being, uh, you know, pound for pound, the best goal scorer on the planet right now, 
that takes away from other guys. That's why I think John Tavares is a perfect captain for this team, right? It takes away some of the spotlight. Nylander's finding out what it would be like to be the go-to guy on a team right now, I think. No, I agree. And it's there is a lot of magnitude, right, in Toronto, like we talk about, and he still gets a lot of heat. But now, say he goes to a market after, say he doesn't stay in Toronto, and, and then he is the outright guy. Can he carry the baggage, right? Because he's always had that support system, right? And it's tough. Yeah. I like thinking of myself, like a lot of times I played in guy's shadows, always kind of coming up. It was always protected. And then there was times where it was like, I was the guy and it changes it. It's a different element when you were, when you were the guy, right? There's always like that kind of blanket. And I think I like being in people's shadows too, man. It was sometimes it's nice, right? Like I always thought of that as a backup, especially those, some of the years I played in Nashville where, you know, I'm playing with Pekka Rene and there was times I was out playing him. Right. Yeah. And there was times where I wasn't out playing, like I wasn't playing well. And it was like either or it was like, I just had to stay in my lane. I was, I would, nothing was really expected of me. It was like, do your job, try to stay at 500 or better. And like, you know, the big dogs that make the big money have to get it done. And then there was a time when I was the guy, it's a lot more pressure, right? Cause you feel like you're attached to it, that every move you make is so much more important. And, and I think having that disparity, like spread out obviously helps, but it'll be interesting to see. Cause he's, he's definitely coming into a stud. That's for sure. Oh, he's perfect in Toronto, but I, that has to be one of the factors that he and his camp are sort of looking at moving forward. It's like, hey, if you want to go somewhere else, are you ready to be that guy, right? You are very, very well insulated in Toronto and you can be Willie Nylander. But what happens when the opponent's best defensemen are, are on you 25 minutes a night? You're against the top checking line. Like, that's the great thing about Toronto and the beauty of that top six and and the wealth that they spread is like, Sometimes you could take advantage of lineup assignments. And if you're Nylander and if you want to be that guy and get 12, 13, 14 million bucks per season, you better be ready for the spotlight that comes with it. Now, I think Nylander, Nylander guy, you know, is a guy I think that can handle that type of situation. But I, I think it, it should be a big time factor uh, for that camp. Uh, so the least practice today, again, they're six hours ahead, as you know, uh, in Stockholm. And uh, no John Klingberg for the third consecutive practice after he played against Vancouver at a quiet night, which I think by his standards is good, considering everything he's been through the last couple of weeks. But Sheldon Keefe did say uh, Klingberg's chances of playing are very low, also saying it's unlikely Connor Timmons will play either. So I guess it's justified. I know I piled up a bit last week on Klingberg being injured in quotations, but he's obviously dealing with something here. Yeah, it must be. Um, you know, it's obviously tough, especially if- the way we've kind of been hard on him too. You'd like to see him get a chance to go here and especially being overseas, getting out of the market, trying to find his game, but that's it's tricky. I know that exactly right. It could be refreshing. Maybe, maybe even just the trip of not playing and being there is going to be helpful too, right? Like you never know when it comes, right? Cause it, I, I even draw back on times where like I would go on all-star break and I was playing bad and I would go away for three or four days and like, I'd be on a beach somewhere and I'd be like drinking and eating and not taking care of myself. And I'd come back and I'd be even better. Like I would come back and my, I'd be dialed in because sometimes it's just getting away from it all. Like sometimes when it's not going good, it snowballs and it comes on. And especially for a guy that's in this new market, it's it's tricky. So you're subscribing to this narrative that the Leafs are going to go on a journey and win the Stanley Cup here like Tampa did a couple of years ago, right? Like what kind of bonding are these guys doing, man? You hitting the club, getting bottle service. You can't nah, do that like, West here or what? I know you can. It's just nice to get away. Like it's just you're I out know. of the monotony of the drive in. Uh, well, the subway in for some guys, right? Like it's just to uh, wow. break it out. I'm not predicting the cup, but if they do, then yeah, I did. You know, so it's it's tough feeling bad. <laughs> And you can combo to this. It's tough feeling bad for a guy who makes like nine million bucks oh, a year. Just yeah. to, I can't get to that level, man. 
He's no, made I, yeah, a lot of money in his yeah, career. Yeah, don't feel bad. That's for sure. That's uh, I, I played with a guy, James Neal. Used to say that all the time. Give our Real goalie deal. coach. A, yeah, used to give our goalie coach a line that I always stuck with me. He'd be like, Neal, how are you feeling today? He said, feel like a million bucks, but they pay me five. So I was always one that stuck with me pretty good. I think that only works in the right company. That's for sure. Yeah, probably. I don't know if John Klingberg is in a, a good sort of territory to say that, but um, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I always. Even like you're always so careful to pile up. Like I think it's so important as fans, as media members, to humanize situation. What what Jack Campbell's going through right now, like you don't wish that upon your your worst enemy. But like he can't make a save. I think his his career's in jeopardy. I think he's a bio candidate. Like the Oilers are fucked. But I I just am always so careful. But on that token, it's like how bad do you truly feel when somebody makes that much money? Yeah, I know. You I know? agree. It's tough, right? It's hard to like even for me when I was playing and like a lot of my friends and like where I'm from, like I grew up very blue collar. Right. So yeah. I'm like, I'm having a tough go and I'm like ca- talking to a buddy who's in the freezing, it's minus 20 out and he's banging nails, building houses, doing stuff. It's like, it, 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 it depends your perspective for sure. But I feel like it's easy for you to lose that when you're surrounded by it all the time. So I think having a good group of people that can like be around you to be like, Hey, it's not as bad as you think, right? It keeps it in perspective when you when you can do that. But for some guys, it's a slippery slope, right? Like, you don't know how many private jets I've been on playing and the guys are like, my steak isn't cooked perfect. Like, well, shut, shut up, man. Like, yeah. these pillows at the Ritz suck. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, let's try to just, but misery loves company, right? If things aren't going well and you're with a bunch of guys that are having a pity party and complaining about stuff, it can suck you in. So having a good support group with like family, friends definitely helps, but it's, uh, I definitely see how it's hard to be like looking back on it. Now, some of the stuff we'd complain about, you're like, come on, man. All about staying grounded though. You're going to have friends in life for like that. You're going to have others like everything you just mentioned. So it's all about staying grounded, man. I I promise to all our listeners and viewers, like this is the last time I feel like we're going to have this conversation, but according to John Shannon, the least met with Patrick Kane on Tuesday, I don't know why. I think he makes no sense. Maybe last year he did. They're looking for depth, but they're looking for defensemen. Last time I checked, Patrick Kane cannot play D. I don't think this is real. I think this is a perfect example of utilizing the market, utilizing Toronto, the fact that he's practicing in nearby Oakville, Ontario. That's it. That's all. I just don't see a fit here. Do you? No, not at all. It doesn't make any sense. Even the way Kane played last year in the playoffs, right? Like, what did he he was the liability half the time especially when the game gets tighter and tighter and not that Patrick Kane's he's a legend and he's unbelievable but this is the total wrong fit they need to keep the puck out of their net and they need to defend mm-hmm. better it doesn't make any sense to me um i get there's the flair of who he is he's a winner he's won but times have changed the game's changed a lot he's older he's not the same patrick kane he was in chicago but uh I think it's just, who knows? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it's just trying to a strategic plan here to put pressure on other teams, but I think someone's going to need them. I, to me, it doesn't make sense, Toronto getting them. Well, I think it's only, um, it's interesting to me that Florida sounds interested. Buffalo sounds interested. Detroit sounds interested. Oh, wait, they're all in the Atlantic division, right? Like I, from day one, I, I, I haven't, understood like why and and we all knew that Brad Tree Living is connected to pretty much everything I mean that was the background on him in Calgary and that holds true here so far in Toronto maybe take the call it's Patrick Kane he wants to talk to you whatever but imagine the public outcry if they go out and sign Patrick Kane a there's this whole salary cap thing unless this guy's taking league men which I can't see 
You need D. Imagine the outcry if they went out and got another offensive guy when they need guys like Tanev and Zadorov. Like they they need their cap space right now. No, hundred percent. It doesn't doesn't make sense in any way. But I, who knows though, right? Like obviously, this Atlantic division is stacked. Everyone is trying to be strategic with it. Like um, the Sabers just lost Thompson for a significant amount of time last night. That's a big hole offensively because he was tied there too. Yeah. So does that does that change him? Not playing with Tage Thompson makes a big difference, right? He's a guy that Kane can feed and score in the back of the net. Like where does he fit with the Leafs? Like where does he? Where do you put him? Like you already have you have Marner who wants to have the puck on his stick at all times. Nylander like. It's just a tricky dynamic, and I feel like it's going to go over every every team, but I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Unless, like, again, Nick Robertson's been a great story. Bobby McMahon's been a great story. You're not getting Patrick Kane to play in your bottom six. Matthew Nyes has been awesome with Matthews and Marner, so I look at um, Tyler Bertuzzi, who you signed for, what, five million bucks, and he's going to be on your third line when the third line's buzzing around right now. I know that can change because you got Robertson, Domi, and Yarncroke on that third line. Again, I, I just do not see the fit. I've been trying to weigh pros and cons the last couple of days when the Leafs were connected to Patrick Kane. I, I just think you would have to do much A from a cap point of view to make this happen, and B, I just don't see a logical fit on that roster. So I just want to put that conversation to bed because to me, the cons uh, outweigh very, very outweigh the pros. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No, I agree. And uh, it's just tough to see that lineup and see like where he fits, right? Like he's not going to play hard minutes in your D zone, right? Like he's not going out to block shots. He wants fluff. He wants to play. He wants to be open. And Power play. Right. And that's just, it's already clogged up. There's just too many, there's only so many seats at the table. Right. It's one of those things where you need those guys that are like Swiss Army knives. If you want somebody that can, like, okay, Marner's out for two weeks, we can slide this guy up. That's why I love Yarncroft because I feel like Yarncroft can slide up and down the lineup and he can do his job. He's skilled enough to play in the power play, but he's good enough to play in the D zone. And that's the guys you need when it comes to 
the playoffs. It's the same thing over and over again, right? We're going to need guys that are going to be good in the playoffs. And Kane is good in the playoffs in his own right, but we already it's already yeah. stacked. That deck, yeah. the deck is already stacked in our favor offensively. So it'll be interesting. I, I think this is just fluff, but who knows? The only time will tell here. I love how he's just yeah. holding everyone, everyone hostage too, eh? Yeah, probably that's the case too. But like, unless like they move Nylander up the middle and have him as a three C, which again, doesn't make sense. We got a sample size of that in training camp. It just didn't look the same. And the way Willie's, you know, playing right now, I don't think you want to fuck with that chem either. So no. again, I, I think it's a pipe dream. It was a pipe dream last year. I think it's a pipe dream right now for Patrick Kane to be a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team-building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory for the mouth-watering jaws of defeat alone with some fresh, never-frozen beef. Put your prediction skills to the test and score yourself 1,300 bonus points. If you win the week, use your points to grab your favorite menu items at Wendy's. Sign up to play the Wendy's Daily Survivor uh, face-off pool. To win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app, head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to play today as we look at the Atlantic Division standings, which I like to do every uh, Wednesday or so or try to uh, once a week at the very least. And you see the Boston Bruins, I think, could be better this year than when, when they were last year. And I know Allmark, who we had on the show last year, thanks to you, won the Vesna Trophy. I know Montgomery won the Coach of the Year. They, they could repeat. I think we're at that point. I know. It's like at the start, everybody was like, you know, it's just, this is going to burn out. You know, they don't have their guys. And now you start to look at it and you're like, you're 15 games in and you're 12, one and two, which is absurd. Dude, they don't lose. It's nuts. And they just, they don't like, they just play the right way all the time. They like, don't get away from their system. They just grind it out. They, they just have the talent. They have the back end. They have the gold. Like they're so complete. Even with like the Allmark Swayman combo, it's just like, awesome to watch right i i I feel like their mindset was that a while ago i remember when i was in free agency boston was one of the teams that i had talked to but they would only give me two years deal and they wanted to give me a two-year deal so i could play with tuka ras so i could play 40 games they were really adamant on like having that one a one b and and they ended up having halak who was awesome there uh and they've been doing this now for a while and it just shows you like the whole their whole mindset works right And, and it's less it's more of a business model that team than it is just spend, 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 right? Like even off the ice, it's like bare minimum. They don't get as much perks as certain teams, but they still continue. They have the right culture. They have the right dynamic. And, it, and it's impressive to watch like year after year. It feels like so much is happening um, in this Atlantic division. Tampa's off to their worst start under John Cooper. Not really surprising because uh, the big cat Vasilevsky has been out telling, he sounds like he's going to return in the next couple of weeks, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, as you referenced, losing Tate Thompson last night. I don't want to be a doctor or anything, but maybe it's a broken hand. He blocked the shot, didn't return. Ottawa's in last place. Like the Florida Panthers have won five straight. I don't know if you caught that game last night, but contract here, Sam Reinhardt cannot be stopped right now. <laughs> they got Montour coming back. They got Ekblad coming back, and they're in on Patrick Kane. So, like, people were sleeping on Florida. The Leafs are going to play Detroit here in Sweden. They, they've been much better this season. It seems like every week the, this soap opera division, it just continues. There's so many moving parts to it. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, and then you look at this and then you see Montreal too. And you're like the team that exactly. was supposed to be like, it just doesn't seem to stop. Right. And like, and Tampa's 500, which 
I bet most people, if you said, Hey, you don't have Vasquez, you're not, you're going to have JJ starting for you. Like, let's take it. Let's we're hanging around. We're going to get the big guy, the big cat back. He's going to be buzzing. And Detroit, it was just a matter of time, right? Billy Husel has been great. Um, They're buzzing. They've got it figured out right now. And, and again, the Stevie Y effect, right? It's like, seems like it's spread out everywhere and it's can be a bit daunting when the, you know, you're not off to a great start. Right. So it's, it's tricky and poor Buffalo, but no, nah, it's not poor Buffalo to me, but I, I was just going <laughs> to add tough timing for the Huso family. They had a kid. So Huso's not in Europe with the team. Oh no, I didn't know that. Like out of the, the one week that you could, like, I mean, you're never going to plan for shit like that, but like the one week you want to be with your team overseas, you're not going to be there, but it would have been great neighboring country to Billy Huso being a, a Finn being in Sweden, but he's not going to be there. He isn't there for Detroit. And uh, I don't feel bad for Buffalo at all, man. That market is cursed. The Buffalo yeah, oh, yeah. Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, they just can't have good things. And man, I, I said it going into the season. As you know, I do a lot of fantasy hockey stuff. I always fade young goaltenders. Devin Levi, I understand he burst onto the scene last year. I understand he was great. Obviously, in college hockey, he had the junior flair with Team Canada as well. You have to give these guys time to mature. And you put them in a setting like that, specifically in Buffalo, and expect this guy to be fucking Dominic Hasek? Insanity. Absolute insanity to me. Yeah, I agree. And this kid, and it's not like it was like this slow buildup where he came out anywhere. Like, this has been weighing on this kid for like... I know. When he was on, when he was on Team Canada, when he was at Northeastern, it was like... He's the, like, he was already anointed the one. And what, what kind of pisses me off from the standpoint is like, they've already like, they hate UPL now. It's like, he's, so still, I was gonna say, yeah. he's so young. Like what, like, yeah. how is that? Like, he might not even like, who knows what he can come into, right? Like it takes time. It's like, there's a certain skill set to being a goalie, right? Like there's a lot of interchangeable, comparable size skill. You can do whatever, but like between the ears takes time, like mm-hmm. the mental, the experience, the things you need to like, go through the bumps and bruises and figure that stuff out. It takes time. Like I look at myself, I never made the NHL till I was like full time, 26 years old. I ended up getting like almost 10 years in the NHL, but like, so what if I was cast off at 23, right? Like, what does that say? There's like, but I also had some trying times in the minors where like it made me tougher. It made me more bulletproof. Then I had these experiences to draw upon. These poor kids are so young. They're literally just leaving home and they're like, you're the starter in the NHL. And yeah. you're like, everywhere you turn, it's like, you're the king. It, it's, it's tough on a young guy. And it's, I, I think it, I find that frustrating because I feel like a bit of mismanagement in that sense, for sure. There's rare exceptions to that. Like Jake Ottinger in Dallas is relatively young and he's an absolute stud. For my money, could be the best goaltender on the planet right now. But like, even look at Spencer Knight. I know it was more off-ice stuff last year, but like it, it takes a while to get cooking in this league. And you can speak to that again. You live that. Um, in the NHL, but like even, you, you know, we talk about Buffalo. I could see a scenario where UPL turns into a bona fide stud well before Devin Levi does. Like if you were to 100%. tell me that a month ago or whatever, before the season, people would call me crazy, but it's truth. Like, I think there's turbulence, right? Uh, I don't care who you are. You can be Carey Price. There's going to be turbulence. Joseph Wall's dealing with it right now. I know he's a bit older than some of these cats, but to think that these guys are going to be Marc-Andre Fleury, like the the great way Buffalo to this whole conversation that you could be 18, 19, 20, come into the league and be a bona fide stud. I, I just think is, is outrageous. 
Yeah. I think protecting the guys is so important. And I feel like there's some mismanagement in that sense. And you talk about like, you know, Fleury's obviously the guy, like he was crazy, but even Carey yeah. Price, I remember Carey Price, that playoff series back in the day when Halak, but remember he was switching gloves. He was switching gloves like every game. Like you don't do that. Like that is just a mental, it's a lot. And I couldn't imagine like I was 20 years old. I was still living at home with my parents. Right. So these kids, like, it's like a rush, right? Everything is like, I was non-existent. I had more time to mature. And that's why I think sometimes the NCAA route is so much better for goalies. Mm -hmm. When you can get a few extra years to become a man, to do extra workouts, be like, I always remember for me, I was like, I was a bit of a milk bag as a kid. Like I was just never really in shape and like just average. And then I got to the college and, then all of a sudden I got like all these resources and I learned how to work out and I got bigger and stronger and it takes time. It's like the slow grind of like day to day where you get a kid that's like 18 you're like, Hey, you're drafted. You're in the NHL next year. And it's like, as a goalie, it's like, Holy cow, this is overwhelming. And I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it does more harm than good. Definitely. Um, switching notes. I, I want to get your opinion as well. A league executive, Coley Campbell told TSN yesterday that, They've discussed uh, the NHL changing the current three-on-three OT rules to prevent teams from continuously exiting the offensive zone in order to retain possession. Uh, Some of the potential solutions out there, shot clock, not allowing teams to cross back over the blue or red line after entering the attacking zone. It's a gimmick already. I mean, might as well go all the way with this thing, right? I think so. Like, so when I saw that, I was having a conversation with someone about it. I guess my perspective is like, it does slow down that like, run and gun pace of overtime right it's like we get it we don't get our look you guys are in a good system let's regroup try again let's try again so it does slow it down but it's always what i find frustrating sometimes with this is like just this game of cat and mouse all the time it's like we're trying to implement something and then the coaches go above and like implement something else or the players we're like now it's like so maybe they're going to be in zone they're just going to sling it back to the goalie keep possession regroup instead of carrying it over right so i feel like there's always going to be different dynamics to it at this point, I feel like whatever you need to do to keep it exciting. Cause like if I'm not watching a game on TV and I see it's going to overtime and I've been around the game forever, I'm like finding the remote to get that game on. Cause I want to watch three on three overtime. Like it draws you in. It is so exciting. You know, there's going to be chances, you know, there's going to be looks and it's, it's, I think it's one of the best parts of the game. Um, and I, I don't, maybe that's a good change they'll make, but it's, it's funny to feel like this cat and mouse game of like, they want to implement stuffing and then teams find ways around it. I will say the allure of the shootout, uh, I too know. If there's a shootout, I I don't need to see it. And then even when like teams win via the shootout, I don't put much stock in it. It's like you want in a skills competition and because your goalie's hotter that night, right? Because I think they need to find ways maybe to put more stock in winning in regulation. Honestly, maybe go to a three-point league where if you win in regulation, you get three points. Because oftentimes I think a lot of teams just are, are getting to that final buzzer to get that extra point, to, to, to solidify a point, and then they'll, they'll, they'll play their chances in OT. Like, it feels that way sometimes, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I think so. And I, I like we talk about, is you're trying to get the non-traditional fan. Like, mm-hmm. whether whatever you do with this rule, with bringing it out of the zone, or in Canada, we're still going to have fans. They don't care. They're still hockey fans, right? Where... Maybe more overtime, more excitement is going to draw in people that are going to create more revenue, make the game grow, right? That's the ultimate goal. So I think that's important, but like 
playing for a tie is just so brutal, right? It's like tough. And you see it's it sick, all the man. time, right? You see it. I get it. But it's like live to fight again another day. And and the overtime's painful too. I don't know. Even teams sometimes want to go to a shootout, right? If you know you have like a superior goalie or like whatever, it's just frustrating. I, I, I don't love it by any means. I would rather go to 10 minutes overtime. Just something. Keep it going, baby. It's exciting. I think the PA would ever uh, subscribe to that. I don't know. Let's play more. Yeah, less. Trust me, less. Well, the the NHL jack us up more games, right? Less is more for sure, but you got to find a way to just finish it in the overtime. Because shootout again, like some people like shootout, but it's not hockey, right? It doesn't really categorize who's the better team that night. Yeah, there's just a lot I would change in this league that it would never get to that level. Like 82 games is is way too much. Like the travel these days. I have a buddy who played Nashville last night. He's in Colorado today. Like it makes sense of that for me. Like you're 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 done. Yeah. If you win that game, good luck. But uh, I just think it could be a bit different. Um, I think the season extends way too long. But I get it. I get it. It's all about money at the end of the day, isn't it? It is. That is something yeah. you learn very quickly. Um, yeah. Especially from like a perspective of a player where I, I never played hockey for money in the sense, right? Like it got mm-hmm. to a point where, yes, it became about money, but I still loved it. I love the game. I love being around it. But looking back on it now being a father with kids in hockey i'm like i put the important things first right the transferable skills the sportsmanship you know like did you work hard did you have fun let's just worry about those where my little guy is a good little hockey player but like i don't i don't come off and be like how many goals did you score like there's going to be enough pressure if he goes along and plays it where i feel like it gets lost a bit because of the business side of it i also like getting paid lots of money too so i've ex- i accepted the fact but man as soon as you aren't good man they're getting rid of you like they don't care this is a business this is who's going to get it done who's going to make them make more money it's a chopping block. It's an absolute chopping block. I don't know if you saw this. I was pretty uh, frustrated yesterday. So the PWHL is getting set to to kick things off and they released their uniforms league-wide, I believe, yesterday. And then the Toronto ones come out and I'm like, who created these? Like, I would find this, we just talked about House League. You would find this in House League or Beer League. Like, if you want to be serious with this league, like, just maybe spend a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks thinking of something that aligns with the city, the market. But, dude, the the consensus on social media, like, what the fuck is that? It's tough. eh? It's just like, (laughs) it seems like. And they're making the most of it good on the ladies. But, like, it's they're ugly, the jerseys. Yeah, it's tough, right? It's like you work so hard to make this league and create excitement and then you're like so close and then you just lay an egg on it it's tough right it just seems like oh i i yeah, it's oh i feel bad for them those are ugly those are tough right especially you have like so many resources right like there's so many ways to come up with something better those, those looks like stuff that i order on wish.com dude like <laughs> I'm a big i'm a big supporter over there it looks like it, the package looks like it got kicked to my house every time it arrives but that is insane Dude, for anybody who's played like the NHL video game the last couple of years knows exactly what I'm about to bring up. Like when you start an EASHL team, like that's the first jerseys they give you is like the name across the chest. That is, and like that literally is. that's what they came up with in that league. And I don't know what, you know, if they're allowed to go to the depths of like, you know, like aligning with like the Leafs or aligning with the Habs, but like at least have, you know, some of the same color schemes. Like I just think it was so rushed and it's so unfortunate you're a league. And I, I think the ideals and the ideas were making sense and they were gaining steam. They did a draft and then to come out with this, you so forced. And I just think it hurts the league. 
Yeah, I agree. It's it's tough. I think you you like you said your comparisons bang on. My little guy plays NHL three three on three or whatever, and he's yeah, he's I the, play that. He's the Refrigerators. That's his team name, and uh, that's what the jerseys honestly look like. Same color, everything. I think he's got Harvey the Hound on his team too, and then uh, what's the mascot in Edmonton? That he's got him on his team too. He's one. He's one him. Producer too. Aaron would know that, but yeah, yeah like those are those are not even tough, a locker. Man, I agree. That is like an unbelievable comparison. Just tough. It honestly looks like one of those websites where if you type in like I need jer- like make jerseys, yeah, or make Dude, whatever. If, That's literally if what it my looks beer like. league team want to order jerseys right now. The first basic package would be those jerseys. I'm not kidding you. And I've, dude, I've like managed teams in my life. Like one year I I managed a baseball team. Like when I was like 24, 25, I took the liberty of getting my buddies who I played baseball with growing up, made a team together. We joined a league. I had like the Miami Marlins, like orange jerseys to a T dude, the, 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 the pants with the black stripe, the hats. Like we, we went all out. Like it was probably better than those jerseys and they're pro pro hockey players. Yeah. Oh, it's so close. It's sad. It's like, I always make that comment here sometimes about like my city. Like we, I feel like you do stuff and you like, you want to have things right, but you're like so close and you just drop the ball. Like just do it right. Just do it right. Like there's no, like put in the effort. You do all this effort for everything else. Just tie up all the loose ends, make it look good, be professional. Right. And it's not like you don't have the resources to like research. Like, Hey, what's a good idea for jerseys. Right. Like I actually had a Jersey shipped to me from the the 50th anniversary. I played in Buffalo, my gold helmet there. We had those gold jerseys. And the guy in Buffalo shipped it to me, but when he was uh, uh, to have, he was like, the Bruins have it right now because they liked it. And then they got the jersey shipped in so they could match it with like some of the gear and like, yeah. like do your do your homework, like do your homework. Yeah. That's all. It just takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of time. And then it's like, and then you're laughing, right? But be better. That's all we could say on that front. Brought to you by Batano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the B, uh, the best sportsbook operator of the year and best in-play sports operator awards. The game starts now. Any bets you got playing today yet or what? No, nothing yet. I got to uh, get Not something the going here. I wanted, okay. No, I I, I, <laughs> I I don't mind. I don't mind tonight's game. I think. What, what do we have here tonight? A couple I things. Okay, I'll start and I'll have you uh, have a look. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, but, no. no. Uh, Seattle Edmonton. I like Edmonton again in that game. So game two under uh, Chris Knobloch, the Oilers five and two all time, by the way, against Seattle. And uh, I would look at the under again, similar to the other night against the Islanders. Um, I know Colorado and Anaheim. I just referenced the back to back for the Ducks. I like Colorado there in that spot. And uh, Bo Horvat's going to make his return to Vancouver. Uh, I'm looking at Horvat. Love the revenge angle. The Islanders have been shit in the bed as of late. It's the first game back after a three-game Eastern roadie for Vancouver. To me, at least, it's aligning for an Islanders win, and I'm going to take the plus money and try to go after it there. So those are a couple looks I like. I like that game, too. The I, I don't know if I... Like, does the Vancouver boys get up because their captain left them high and dry? That's um, it, yeah. I love the under I love the under tonight in the Carolina-Philly game. I just think both goalies are going to play well. Um, you know, the way that they play. And I think... Boy, Kachekov's back. Yes, he is, and I like that. He is good. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I think Edmonton's gonna get going here. Uh, had them the other night. Um, they're just buzzing. You know, it's just like that. Ugly, they gotta get rid of those ugly starts and just go. I think the big boys are pissed off, right? You watched like the performance the other night, and I think it's a wake up call in the sense of like, even when you hear the players talk, it is about us right it wasn't about the coaches it's about us right and at the end of the day it is right you hear great coaches people talk like when you get the room to coach themselves that's when you have a winning team and mm-hmm. like 
to be that their record they're at right now is absurd. So I, I definitely think they're going to be on the panic button here. And I think they're going to be buzzing. Fair enough. Um, just wrapping here, the chat, um, a lot of conversation about trading Marner or trading Nylander. I, I think it's way too early to have that conversation in general. Like people want to draw conclusions and saying, Hey, where are they getting this cap space from? But like, there's so many different things you can do after the season. If it gets to that point and Nylander's still unsigned, you know, Marner's a year away for, uh, from free agency, you know, JT's a year away. So I don't think we're going to have that conversation just yet. I know people want to have that combo about Mitch Marner being traded. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that's going to come up, right? When we talk about the hole in the back end, right? You're not going to get a shutdown D that is a, can play big minutes without paying for it. You know, I, yeah. I, I'd like a Robert Bertuzzo from St. Louis coming in in the meantime. Me too. My boy, Thunder Bay boy, played junior together all the way. Just he's cheap money. He'd come in. He's serviceable. He can do his thing. Good room guy. Not going to mess with anything, but who knows? He's a guy I brought up uh, early in the year as a potential fit, but then like St. Louis is off to a good start. Bennington's been great. Even last night watching Colton Pareko, dude, like the guy's a monster. The way he skates and he moves out there, like I think he'd be a good fit, but the Blues are, you know, Braden Shen's um, been hot lately. Like, they're they're playing well, and they're getting the goaltending. So, like, that's the problem is, like, you want to see who's out there, and then you look at teams like St. Louis, they're probably going to be in the mix again this year, you know? I know. They have lots of – they always kind of have that nice, like, veteran mix, right? It's yeah. Just, they always seem to it's have – the Armstrong us. effect, man. He's great. And, like, Colin Branco, unbelievable. God, Godfather of my kid, by the way, no big deal. My buddy. Nice. and uh Yeah. But like, what the heck? He's they're charging an arm and leg for him. Guys like him just don't come around. Like he's had his ups and downs, and you know they manage it. But like a big guy like that that can skate, can play in any situation. Like you just don't. They're hard to trade for, especially when you're already against the cap and you have enough moving parts going on. Oh, it's just outrageous. Some of the um, people in the chat and on social media in general. Just some of the trade requests. I saw Marner <laughs> in a first for Connor McDavid. Yep, that'll happen. Um. It is what it is. Again, when you're you're playing armchair GM, I've been just as uh, guilty of uh, of it as other people in my life about just making egregious trade requests. It just doesn't work that way. Like even there's this there's this consensus, there's this belief. I, I don't even know what to call it in Toronto that Toronto and Calgary have a deal in place, um, and, and there's there's conspiracy theorists out there that say that John Klingberg's just being keep. You know, they're, they're just keeping him under wraps until he goes to Calgary in this deal for Tanev and Zadorov. Like, I just, people are just, they they make uh, interesting <laughs> conclusions sometimes. Yeah, I think so, too. It's like the boredom of it, too, right? It's like, what if, what if, and realistically, nothing matters, right? What I always find frustrating when I played or you're talking to someone who doesn't maybe understand how it works is, well, you guys should have thought of this. Did you think of that? Like, they're, like you don't think every scenario gets run through and thought of and I know like gone over with a fine tooth comb. Like it's just like, we just make decisions on a whim or I always remember people telling me about my game. Well, you should do this. Like, Oh, thanks, man. I, I'm sure I should have thought about oh. it. Go back and get another drink. Right. Like leave me alone. It's uh that's the best part of it. And again, I'm guilty. I should talk a lot of players on, on Twitter. Um, but like it's when fans come out and say, hey, why isn't he doing this? And why isn't he doing that? It's like, you don't think they're going over tape like right after the game in the room, practice the I next know. day saying, hey, we saw this in your game. We didn't like this. Let's change that. 
it's and again, it's just it's all about being a fan in this game too, right? So I yeah, it's, I, and I get it comes with it, right? Talk, it's like the old slap shot one where they go over to Reg Dunlop and the Hanson brothers are like oh, we gotta work on our power, yeah. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the but thing is, is like you know this. There's some players who are pissy, for lack of a better term, and I know uh, that that term was made famous by Leon Drysettle. And uh, some of them will watch the news, some of them will see social media. Like you know, weirdly enough, I was thinking last night like algorithm. So like Taylor Swift specifically, you know, I had somebody talking to me last night about like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, like on a daily basis, like Taylor Swift, like let's say she's on YouTube or something. You don't think an algorithm is popping up like hate videos about her? Oh, for sure. There's got to be right. It's that's the other thing, too. I I find it astonishing when players bring up what guys said on Twitter, like a media guy, like, well, you screwed me on Twitter. Like, who cares, man? You're making extra on a dollar. I don't know. It's why I can tell why it would bother some people. I know, but just why in my perspective, I was always like, why do you expose yourself to that? Like there's enough shit and True. pressure you got to deal with. Like, I know the pressure. I know the thing. Like, why am I, ex- why am I exposing it to like, and a lot of times it's just like a Twitter egg. Someone you don't even know who's commenting on like, <laughs> right. It's just like someone you don't a even know. Pigeon. That's what it is. Yeah, I've right. Like pigeons on Twitter. It's a fucking So it's like, cesspool. what, why am I doing that? Like, trust me, I've had enough like death threats and crazy shit over oh. my careers, like via social media, but I'm like, just keep it in perspective, man. It's just a game. Like I, I'm yeah. going to do my best, whatever, but like, why am I exposing myself to this crap? Oh, the amount of shit that even I get on social media. It's like, I just, I I don't care anymore. It's been years where it's like, whatever, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to be passionate about my job. And if you don't like it, don't follow me, block me. I don't give a shit, you know? Yeah. So I like that. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Looking forward again, one more uh, sleep, I guess, or two more sleeps until the Leafs actually play a hockey game in Sweden. Should mention coming up tomorrow on the show, you guys are going to love this. We're going to have Jonas Hoagland, former Toronto Maple Leaf from the Matt Sundin era. He's going to stop by. I was able to connect with him. And he's going to come on the show, uh, share some stories. And he's actually going to be at one of the games, I believe the Sunday game for the Maple Leafs. So that's coming up tomorrow as Rosie gets back in the mix. But Hutz, great job. And uh, we'll talk soon, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me as always, my man. And good luck. And let's go see how Sweden goes, baby. Yeah, hopefully they go. It starts the epic journey towards a Stanley Cup. Let's let, let's get that narrative going. So that's Carter Hutton. Many thanks to producer Aaron Bordado. Everybody in the chat, you guys are fantastic. The Pro Trade Marner crowd in the uh, chat today, which we love to see sometimes here on this show. At the Leafs Nation 401, if you're watching on YouTube, if you'd like to subscribe, thank you to all our sponsors and everybody involved in making this show an absolute blast. So that's Carter Hutton. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk tomorrow. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation... You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Make sure to check out more of our content right here on the Leafs Nation YouTube page. We got long form interviews, we got clips, you got epic rants by Jay Rozo. We simply have it all. And don't forget, you can find out much more at theleafsnation.com. Thanks so much for watching.